And just like that, episode 13 of Air Power Podcast coming to you live from Quad City Air Shows. And are we in Davenport, Iowa? Is that where we are? I believe that is. Something Rand like McNally that. told me that. That's fine. I, I, all I did was just throw a dart on a map, and I ended up uh, doing a show here. So, anyways, hey, we look. I only fly your wing, so wherever <laughs> you go, I go. That is scary. That is very, very scary. But however, I will tell you that we are taking Instagram questions tonight. We have. You guys are some. You guys are weird. I love you guys, but uh, uh, do you have to be bald in order to fly fighters? Absolutely. That's what I thought. Yeah, you That's go true. faster. You do. The if A-10 you, guys you know, say no. It, it's called so, friction. It's you know, you can't have friction. <laughs> exactly. That's, it's, it's, no, you don't. And, and don't hate on the bald guys. Bald is the new blonde. But, um, bald is beautiful. Yeah, we know. got a lot of Corsair versus Mustang uh, questions. And uh, we'll actually start sort of serious on this one. Jim, did Jim and his Corsair go into military and receive combat? The aircraft? They want to know if you flew your Corsair in combat. Is exactly what they're asking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm old, but I'm not that old. Yeah, that's 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 a hard no. Yeah. That's a hard no on that. That's a hard no. That's a hard no. Um, from our fa- one of our favorite aviation photographers, uh, I'm going to shout out to Owen Hewitt on this one. It's for you, Torque. How do you keep Korean War heroes straight on the runway when you can't see over the nose? That's actually a really good question. It's called peripheral vision. And I look at the edges of the runway, and I rudder right, rudder left to keep it straight until the nose actually goes down, the tail comes up, and then I have forward vision. That was actually a really good question. It is a really good question. Yeah, I always, I always tell guys with backseat in the in the T6 to uh, to set the gaps. Yep. And keep the gaps. Uh, when I say gaps, I mean like when you look straight ahead, you're going to use your peripheral vision to see the white lines or the edges of the runway and mm-hmm. keep those gaps between the edges of the runway and the center line of the airplane the same. And mm-hmm. hopefully you're straight. If you're not, you'll find out really soon when the tail comes up. Well, with so. the Corsair, you got a lot of right rudder. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big rudder you <laughs> yeah, got there, too. Yeah, it's a big rudder. So, um, let's see here. From a dead stop, take off to 5,000 feet. Who wins, a Mustang or a Corsair? Well, I will tell you that the initial climb rate of a Corsair is more than a Mustang. So I'm going to have to give that one to Korean War Hero. You know uh, what? I'm not really sure. I know I got more horsepower. You do, but, but I'm heavier. You are. You and are. it's just brute force. I can't even it get full be, throttle until I hit very, 150 knots. You know I need 150 this knots is true. before I can actually give it full throttle. It would be a good race. The, the airplanes are so evenly matched. I don't think anybody really – because, I mean, all these questions like what's better, what's better, what's better. I'm here to tell you that, like, these airplanes are so freaking evenly matched that uh, it's just – it it's it's so – yeah, they're evenly matched. I don't know how to tell it to you. So, Shelly's taking photos of this, ladies and gentlemen. You all should follow Shelly Tobel on Facebook. Everybody follow Shelly Tobel. So, anyways, um, that's right. Can we purchase a video of your show? You can just go on YouTube. It's for free, bro. And uh, what's the best World War II plane show or museum exhibit, in your opinion? Wow. There's quite a few really good museums. You got Pensacola. How about, how about we answer it this way? How about we say, what's the best museum and what's the best air show for seeing warbirds? Because it says museum or show. Let's just or, do both. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're two different things. Yeah, they really yeah. are. You so got the we, Air Force we, Museum, which is an awesome museum up amazing. there. Dayton's Dayton. amazing. You know, yeah. Pima. Pima. When we were Pima. Pima. At the, Look mean, at the Pima amount. Is, now, Pima's that's my volume favorite. of aircraft. Yeah. Inside, outside. 
Yeah. And yeah. Uh, for shows, you can't ignore Chino. You can't ignore Geneseo. You can't ignore Tyco. Uh, How about Key West? How about Key West? in the Keys. And there was a lot of Warbirds there. Yes. So, and they're talking about for seeing Warbirds. So those are like the Warbird-heavy shows that we're talking about. Uh, those are good ones. Um, man, uh, the Fighter Formation Clinic or the NADA Formation Clinic in Dubuque, Iowa. That's not a show, be great. but you can actually go out and walk around the airplanes because it's not an air show. It's just <laughs> an airport. Um, let's see here. How to be successful in your eyes. How This guy wants to know how to be successful, I guess, in anything. In what respect? I guess in, 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 I, I guess in, in life is what he's saying. Successful in Yeah, life. successful in life. Okay. Well, okay. Um, Definitely education. Education and dedication gives you, gives to you the you like. basis to propel yourself to whatever you decide to go. I'd agree with that. I'd agree the sky's the limit. Sky is the limit. That's right. So I would say dedication. Dedication is something that you love. Yes. You know, if you and really passion. like it, you're not forcing yourself in any way, shape, or form to to do anything the, any more than you need to. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, here's a good one. We were talking about this one. The hardest thing about being on the road all the time. Living out of a suitcase. suitcase. Holy out of a, cow. Hardest thing about being on the road all the time. Uh, living out of the gun bays of a Mustang. That's uh, that's probably going to be it. Um well, going to the laundromat, you know, yeah, during it's, that time period to refresh everything. Yeah, <laughs> doing laundry on the road. How about that? Uh, you know, you, you tend to do that to me. I, I you know. book these suckers and you say, well, it's only five weeks in a row. I know. What's wrong with five and weeks I, in And a I row? go, five, five weeks out of a suitcase. I can't count more than five it's, weeks. It's okay. You'll, you'll, we'll have fun. That's right. And I go, okay. Right. I never say no. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Uh, we've we've talked about this several times. Uh, it's the number one question. What is the best way to get into Warbirds? Not fastest, not anything else. What is the best way to get into Warbirds? Um, I would say most people have a financial limit. Yep. So the financial limit then allows you to go a certain direction. If there's no financial limit, then you can jump into whatever category you would like. But typically, you would start out in the small Elbers. I would say Elbers are the get best. Get your feet way to start. wet. It's a very cost-effective approach, and then you could absorb that cost and then propel it to the next level. And if you're not, and here's the thing: if you're not in a position to purchase one of these aircraft, as I've said before, is volunteering at a flying museum is one of by far the most rewarding things you can do when you work hard you're you're making these airplanes fly you're working with a good group of individuals uh volunteering in a museum is by far the easiest way or even joining an organization like callings or this or the commemorative air force they give lots of opportunities to folks that couldn't purchase a mustang but have have the ability to fly one or a t6 or, or any of these other ones and you got to work at it you're not just going to pay your you know pay your money and they're going to let you fly it you have to work at it you know there's none of this nothing nothing's handed out here caf so. offers a lot of opportunity they really around do. the country that they really do a lot of different um, wings what is the what did you like the best about quad city air show <laughs> people Yes, the, the crowd, volume of people, the volume of people, and the crowd. When we were in the chalets and stuff like that, were just so nice. They're so out there. They're uh, midwestern folks they're so are nice. very yeah. friendly, extremely friendly, it very nice, hospitable. A lot of great, great attributes in the Midwest for sure. For sure, and it's corn country. I heard they had corn here. 
and in I Iowa. haven't seen any yet. So yeah, I know. It's all up, it, you know. It's only up to my knees. It's it should be over my head. <laughs> the amount of rain we've been getting. I know. Well, late, they, I mean. the, oh, they've really had a tough what's tough the, go at it. What's your best advice for a teenager? And I don't know. Once again, uh, this is, I don't know in what regard. Let's just say, how about a teenager for flying? <laughs> for a teenager wanting to fly, do it sooner than later. Well, the Young Eagles program. Young Eagles program. You know? Go to go to your local flight school and get a Discovery flight. Absolutely. And that's a great opportunity to see if that's yeah. something that uh, you're interested in. Throw a ton of money and go to Embry-Riddle. <laughs> um, it's, uh, yeah, so let's see here. Any inspiration for the paint scheme on Quicksilver? Loved it at Ocean City and very emotional. Thank you. Thanks for coming out for Ocean City. Uh, yes, we have an entire... Uh, part on our website dedicated to that i'm not going to take up podcast time for that but our airplane is 100 percent dedicated to the veterans and every aspect and every marking on it stands for something and it's not an original paint scheme by any means but it is 100 percent dedicated to uh the veterans and keeping the you know keeping the spirit alive so um tell me a flying joke oh are you fucking kidding me guys uh a flying joke Okay. This this um, <clears throat> this better be good. Oh, it's terrible. This is but terrible. <laughs> it's the only one I can think of. Uh, this European flying company that flies these jets uh, started to talk to each other and said, "Hey, you know, we're going to land at this airport, and it's a really, really short runway, so we got to really get slow, slow, and just do the best we can to land our jet here." All right, we have passengers, everybody's on board, airline-type company. So they get it down, and they're going slower and slower, and they're getting right down to the bare minimum of airspeed. They slam it on the pavement. They put on the brakes, and it screeches all the way down to the end, and it stops. And they said, wow, we made it. He says, that runway couldn't have been... 2,000 feet long, but damn near at least a mile wide. <laughs> Landed on the runway sideways. <laughs> there you go. There's a flying joke, everybody. Um, let's see here. Uh, let's see here. Best advice for acquiring a private pilot's license after college. Do it sooner than later. Just weigh your options. Try to find what fits you best. You know, not all flight schools. Are the, I'll put it to you this way. The closest flight school to you might not be the best flight school for you. Um, but you just got to figure shop it, it out. So you got to shop it. shop it. You got to shop there's, it. There's a lot of there. You know, well, I learned to fly in a poor man's flying club. Yeah, that's I'm not right. going to tell you how much it costs because it was really low, but I'm old. Well, that's, yeah. you know, uh, Orvo and Wilbur were two great guys. I'm really glad they gave you the opportunity for Thank that. you. So, I still have that yeah, parchment so, paper, yeah, by the way. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> you sell it to Bremont. They might make a watch out of it. Um, most memorable formation flight you've ever done. This comes from the lovely Rue that has submitted this. You know what? I have to say, I think it's Niagara. Niagara was fun. That was Niagara a lot was of fun. fun. We were flying with Superbugs, excuse me, Hornets, Super Hornets, Super Hornets, B seventeen, making our rounds. That that just was a great yes. time. That was a fun one. The you know, another one was Dubuque two years ago when we had the seven ship, the seven. snake. So we had, um, okay, most memorable formation flight. How about this? Uh, Quicksilver was in the lead. We had. Two P-63 King Cobras on, on my wing. 
Torque was in the slot in the Corsair. We had a P39 on the other wing, um, another Mustang in the far wing, and then another Mustang in the slot for a seven-ship arrowhead that Scott Slocum actually got a photo of. And you know what? We'll throw that, in. We'll throw that photo back up on Instagram here soon. Uh, that was an awesome, awesome flight. And, and by to the way, me, I think that was the most fun. And you know what? That was coming out of Dubuque. It was coming out of Dubuque. We did all our flying formation heading Doshkosh. That's right. That was a great flight, by that the was way. A, it was a cool flight. It was a smooth flight. So Very nice. It lasted 10 more minutes because Slocum the lead, kept us out you know, there. Although the lead was okay. lead was lost half the time. <laughs> so that's pretty much it for all the questions that aren't repetitive for it. But anything else for – how about this? Tell us a fact about the Corsair that history books don't tell you. Wow. That's a that's because you can read about this on Wikipedia and and bullshit your way through it all the time. But w- tell me something that they that the folks probably don't know. Well, you know, years ago we had six pilots that actually flew our airplane in combat, and I was talking to Mister Hank, and Hank flew it off the USS uh, Valley Forge, VF uh, six fifty three, uh, out of Akron, Canton. I mean Akron uh, Reserve. And I asked Mr. Hank, I said, uh, how high have you ever taken the Corsair? And uh, he said, well, you know, that's an interesting question. He said, the book said 41,000 feet. He said, but we never, ever went that high. He said, one day I decided I wanted to see if this Corsair could actually fly to 41,000 feet. So he said, I got in that airplane and I climbed and I climbed and I climbed. And he says, it took forever. He says, but I got to 41,000 feet. And I said, Mr. Hank, I said, what was it like at 41,000 feet? And he took his hand, and, he, and it's hard to describe over a microphone, but he put it between his legs, <laughs> and he did a circle about the size of a, oh, I don't know, a, a small barrel. Yeah. And he said he just it's, did a circle. He said nothing happened. Oh, he goodness. says I was just hanging at forty-one thousand. He says I did it, <laughs> and I came down and never did it again. That's something else. That's that's something else. Um, yeah, that. You know these airplanes. You know the the fifty-one says forty-one thousand, and they just set a record. When did when did Doug do it? He I did. No, he did forty-four thousand unmo- unmodified. That's amazing. And he said essentially the same thing. He said he was about 20 to 25 degrees nose up just to maintain level flight <laughs> attitude. And uh, so this, so the deck angle on the airplanes like this at 41,000 feet, just wallowing around. He said he went stop to stop on the ailerons, and it just sort of was like a five-degree bank. I mean, yeah. it's just it was it's like, why am I up here? Why, why, what am I doing? Can you imagine how so, cold it would be up there? I don't even want, I, I would want a cockpit USA wow. leather jacket. You'd have to have want. your woolies on. You would, you would <laughs> have a good cockpit USA leather jacket. That's for sure. There you go. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah. So other than that, Quad Cities was fun. Year nine next show is Toledo, Ohio, to- which absolutely. is a great one. Uh, so th- that is June, or excuse me, July 13, 14 coming up. Mm-hmm. I have, uh, St. Louis, Next week, uh, actually uh, tomorrow, as of uh, as of this uh, podcast coming out, um, we're doing the St. Louis Fair. We're doing it solo. You're gonna go to Wausau and drop the airplane. And I am, and then R and R for me. That's fine. Decompress much, much, much back needed. in Jackson. Much needed. Have a great Fourth of July with uh, Shelley and I. And, there you go. And then get back in the road and off to Toledo. We're gonna try to shoot fireworks at the Arch in St. Louis. I think. Sweet. I think that's what we're gonna try to go for. But um, we're gonna do that, and then we're gonna do Toledo, and then you and I are going to Dubuque. Going you to look Dubuque. forward to, and then 
Oshkosh and then Oshkosh. So, yep. and you know, your birthday is over Toledo. It might be. It is. I'm not sure. I have to look at my. You look great for thirty nine. Oh God. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll have to we'll have to do that as well. Um, but if you guys are going to be in Toledo around that time, or you're going to be in St. Louis next weekend, which is uh, next week, I should say, Ju- July third through the fifth and sixth. I don't know, fifth and sixth. We're going to talk to that air boss here in a second. But uh, yes, that is going to be that's going to be where we're going to be. If you guys want to see us, hit us up on Instagram. Uh, I'm going to pass this next one off to. Uh, we always talk about how to get into the industry, and uh, and uh, no, Kelly, you didn't get in by stripping. <laughs> stripping no, industry? You did, you did not. What? No, no, no. The well, yes, the stripping industry oh. too. It's, it's, it's a lot of the same things. A lot of the same things. Um, I'm going to introduce to you folks uh, uh, a young lady by the name of Kelly Hudson, uh, who is not a stripper, but um, <laughs> by far, by yeah. far, but. Um, she is a new comer to the air show industry, not as a performer, but as an air boss. And we spoke to Wayne Boggs in the last episode. She is a, would you call yourself a protege of Wayne? Uh, no, I mean, Wayne, Wayne was, was he one. Yeah, he was one. He There's you. multiple others. There is. There is. And, and Wayne sort of described to us what an air boss does. But why on earth did you want to become an air boss? Tell me that story. <laughs> Honestly, I kind of fell into it. I had no idea what it was. I, you know, have been doing air shows for years while I was in the service doing air crew hospitality and ground ops and learned about this. So, you know, so to speak, air boss. And uh, I said, wow, I can travel. I can talk to airplanes and, you know, do production because I was looking at doing events and it just made sense. So then I started asking questions like, how do I do this? And what did they say? They said, it's a new program. Go to ICAS, which is a convention we have every year in Vegas. I went to it and uh, basically pestered every single air boss that I could find and went to the seminars and then followed them around for the 2018 season. Now, your background is a controller. I am, yeah. I was an air traffic controller in the uh, United States Air Force for 20 years. I retired in 2016. And swore I would never be in aviation ever again in my life. I So here you are. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I did large events. Are. Yeah, corporate events in Vegas, uh, downtown Vegas. You know, Amazon, Hewlett Packard, whatnot. And, uh, you know, it come, <laughs> come to find out it was pretty funny with when I spoke with Lunar and Jive at the 2017 air show. Um, production is part of an air show. Is a part of being a boss. I mean, not only right. are you making the schedule, making sure it runs on time, but I mean, it's it's a it's a production. It's entertainment. And also, you have to do all the regulatory stuff. So, I mean, like us as performers, uh, like next weekend, you uh, this is your first gig is uh, St. Louis Fair, uh, Fair St. Louis, or whatever the hell they call it today. That's it. Um, we are going to be in front of the arch, and like if I just go rage in front of the arch on any given day. I'm probably going to go to jail. Oh, but, yeah. You'll be face um, down yeah. in the water or Either. I don't know, wherever they find Either. you. <laughs> Either. And so I can't do that. So you are the chica that has to submit all the paperwork to the feds and do all the legwork and and coerce IICs, which, uh, you know, is, is, is part of the job. So, you know, you have to do more than just clear, p- p- clear people inside and outside the container. You got to you got to 
you know, do all the dirty work too. Yeah, every show is different. Um, some shows, they, the air show coordinator director will do all the paperwork and whatnot and then hand it off to me and I build it, you know, help them build a schedule and make sure it flows correctly. And then there's other shows that, um, yeah, you do, all the, you do all the building of it. St. Louis is definitely a challenge. Uh, it's my first paid show. I did 12 last year following, you know, mentoring other air bosses. But this is my first show, and it happens to be a remote show. It happens to be over a river. It happens to be a smaller aerobatic box. And um, This is the smallest container I've ever seen. I'm not going to lie yeah. to you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's very, it's, 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 uh, it's going to be challenging. We're going to find out if the, if the mighty Mustang can do it all in one felled swoop. Oh, you can. We can really? do anything. We can do anything once. Yeah. That's right. I know the yeah. A10 can. Here we go. Here we go. Attack. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. No, Man, it's going to be a great show. If anyone yeah. is around St. Louis, I mean, Fair St. Louis is going to be amazing. Not only right. is there an air show concessions, there is there's a party. There are headliners. I mean, it is going to be a kick-ass show, and not to mention they won the Stanley Cup. So it is going to be on fire. Go Knights, go! That's the wrong city. Oh, that's the wrong. Well, that's wrong my city. city, but you're so you're from you're from the mighty Las Vegas, Las <laughs> Vegas. I see. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, a future home of the Raiders, and and there's a lot of jets out there, and military activity, and so. I guess I guess the one thing that we got to ask you because I mean like we have we have a lot of questions on the podcast that we usually do for pilots I should say but now we got to figure out one for for future pilots how about that we're not going to call you a non-pilot because we're gonna we're gonna eventually you know make you fly and become one of us and turn oh, yeah. to the dark side turn to the dark side so I'll be there um, one day uh, it, no pressure on this not like you're surrounded by airshow performers right now but I got to know. What's the most creative act you've ever seen? I'm not going to say best, because we all know that the A-10 demonstration team is the best one in, on, on the United States Air Force. Oh, so Creative? I want to see. Oh, it's exactly. I said creative. I don't know. Oh, no. No, I'm putting you on the spot. Oh, my creative. gosh. When you look at it, you go, wow, that's innovative, creative, uh, outside the I don't know. Here's container. the deal. So I, I was never involved, and I'm going outside of the military box. You know, I was in the service for the 20 years, and I saw all the air shows with the military, you know, pilots and jets. Never, you know, really saw the general aviation type stuff. And when I got into last year, when I traveled air shows, when I say creative, and I was like, wow, this is really cool. They have this in air shows. I didn't know there was comedy shows in air shows. Yes. I had no idea. Yes. And then I saw Jelly Belly. Kent Peach. <laughs> I loved him. He is the I'm number like, he is the number one requested guy that I gotta have on this podcast. I'm like, holy so you know shit, that. there's a wheel that just <laughs> fell out. Holy shit, there's paper that's flying out. I'm like, what is like what the hell? What I had no on? idea. Chuck Dramamine. I mean, it's just yeah. that's what he that's his that's his uh, alter ego when he's doing the, the thing. I mean, it's it's very it's it's one of the few acts that yeah. the rest of the performers will sit around and watch whenever yeah. whenever it flies. Oh, right. and I'm watching it with anticipation. I'm like, holy crap, he's going. Whoa, well, pull it up, pull it up, pull it up, you know, yeah. and, and then he pulls it up. And it, like, I had no clue there was comedy acts in air shows. No clue. Yeah. Whatsoever. OK, well, that's that's a unique that's a unique look at it. What's your let me put you this way now. Have you started a social media, because you're new to this. I mean, you're brand new. Have you started a social media for your company, which is called? It's called uh, Kelly Air. 
consulting, consulting, right? Consulting. And no, I haven't. It's in the works. I'm okay. brand new. I'm starting up. We're we're working on the logo. We're working on everything. I'm, I'm going to check for you. And I swear to God, if any of you Instagrammers do this, I'm going to chop your face off. What are you off. checking? I'm going to check and see if Kelly Air is actually available. We've been brainstorming this weekend. I've been I've been with Class of 45 and uh, Shelly Tobel this weekend. Yeah, as I, I have traveled this weekend to this Quad City Air Show as a team member for Class of 45. And we've been brainstorming, trying to find, you know, what is it that I'm trying to bring to this air show industry? And, and what does my logo look like? And how do I put myself out there? And yeah, you know... <laughs> I, I don't even know what it, it, it goes as big as, co- you know, what colors do we put on it? What, you know, yeah. how do we? Well, there's a couple Kelly Airs. So we'll have to figure out what your Instagram handle is going to be. Are they air conditioning companies? Uh, they're actually snowboarders, but that's a whole other story. Oh. So. oh, well, I can, hey, I can I can you get some Kelly, air on some skis, you, you spell, though. You spell Kelly differently, though, correct? Yeah, I do. Okay, so then it's available. K-E-L-L-I-E. Yep, so it'll, it will be, we're going to start it tonight or tomorrow. We're going to start an Instagram it's going to be Kelly, K-E-L-L-I-E Air. That's going to be your Instagram handle. And her first picture is going to be of a, a puppy. Uh, I don't know. It might know be of you. Instagram. It might be of me. As a matter of fact, it's a going to selfie. be of this podcast. Yeah. That's what it's going to be. It'll be a so selfie of the podcast. It'll be a selfie of the podcast, and that's how you know where to find it. So that is Kelly. That's her Instagram. I want you all to follow her. She's up and coming. She's the future of the air show industry. You guys wanted it. Here it is. So with that... Thank you, Kelly. You're welcome. I appreciate that. Thank you. So um, if you could pass it to our esteemed uh, attackers, because we all know that fighter, uh, we all know that fighter pilots make movies, but attack pilots make history. And um, Shiv, welcome back, dude. You've been on the podcast before. Yeah, it was a while ago. It was was a while ago. And I'm not going to lie to you. We had a lot of monkey in paradise, so I'm not exactly sure what we covered and what we didn't. Actually, this time last year in Battle Creek. It wasn't. Same week. It was in Battle Creek. Yeah. It was in Battle Creek. We had uh, uh, we had Helldiver cast on, which was ironically one of our least lesser ones. So now we're going to yeah. put you to the front <laughs> of the line, and we're going to name this Hogcast is what we're going to call it because because right. the A10 deserves its it deserves its its token for the lack it needs of words. Its time. So um, real quick, I want to know about Shiv though. I want to know about. Tell me like where you're originally from. Where'd you, uh, where'd you go to college? Where'd you do your stuff? I'm. Yeah, no, we're not talking about that. We're not talking about that. <laughs> the, um, no, I'm from Texas, so I was a military brat. My okay. dad was in the Navy. Actually, my entire family's been Navy or Marines, and uh, so I ended up in the Air Force. I enlisted, but they both told me the Navy, Navy and Marine guys were like, "Go Air Force, it's better. You'll, you'll have more you fun." Go. So I went went Air Force. And you did um, undergrad where? So I went enlisted. Okay. When I enlisted, I told them to give me the job that gets the most college credit. So I became a linguist. I was a Russian linguist. So you went through DLI? I went through DLI, which is a regionally accredited school on its own. I did not know that. Yeah. So you so get you're a ton fluent of college Russian. credits. I am, yeah. I went to DLI twice for Russian, once once for the basic and then another time to be an interpreter. Holy shit, And then dude. I worked for an interpreter in D.C. for a while, and then uh, after that I commissioned and got my pilot. Wow. Yeah. You officially have become the coolest fighter pilot I know. So it was a, it was a good run. Did you hear that run. rain? He's the coolest fighter yeah. pilot I know. So, yeah. <laughs> but so, that's awesome. Okay, yeah, so you so did that. So you did DLI and then you went which route? I went through OTS. With okay. a degree in Russian. You can still get a pilot slot. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. 
So there you go, folks. So when a lot of whenever whenever I'm telling you guys about like the the military is an option or any of those, that's a, that is an excellent. When you go enlisted and you get the accredits to, to later become an officer and get your wings. Yeah, didn't cost me a dime. There you go. Yep. And here you are flying flying the 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 absolute best close air support airplane. Here's the best part. So I actually used my GI Bill for my wife to get her doctorate. So now she does anesthesia, and it didn't cost her a dime. Yeah. Thank you, United States yeah. Air Force. That is pretty damn exactly. cool. Um, and and then where'd you go through? Uh, where'd you go through UPT undergraduate pilot training for those I went of you to guys Columbus? Class? So you're in Columbus, yeah. okay? So you went to Columbus. Great and then, place to go for UPT. There you go, Columbus, yeah. Mississippi. Fly, flew into the thing, and you got hogs right out of the right out of the gate. Yeah, I, I wanted to come back. So when I was a, I was an airborne linguist, so I was on EC-130s, a compass call out at DM. So I'd seen A-10s for the most part as fighters. That's what I spent my most of the time most of my time at DM. So I always wanted to fly it. And plus, you know, we're, this was in 2011. So obviously we're deep in Afghanistan for a while now. And they were the ones doing the mission, you know, right. uh, I've always loved the F-15. It's a beautiful plane. So it's, it's one of those planes you look at and you just want to fly, but wasn't really doing the mission at the time. And that's what I wanted to be a part of. Yeah. I see. Now, when did you, when did you pin on your way? What, what year did you start flying the hog? How about that? The hog was in early 11. So I started, I think, in uh, March or April of okay. 11. Yeah. yeah, that's very cool. That's very, very cool. And, of course, it shoots a, you know, shoots around. If you guys are sitting around, just grab your beer bottle. That's a that's a fucking bullet shooting out of a 30 millimeter. What is it, 70 rounds a second? Is that what it is? 70 a second, yeah. It's unbelievable. I mean, yeah. it's just the airplane is. And now they're in, in DM, they're actually doing a, a program. They have been for a while where they're re-winging these things, correct? They're So, yeah, they um we're getting some of the jets that are getting new wings. I think about 180 of them have it so far, so we need uh, about 100 more. So there's 280 in the fleet, plus or minus a couple. Um, yeah, so they're getting them. I think DM is just now starting to do the wings. Actually, the Boneyard, the contractors there are doing some, and then the others are getting done up at Hill Air Force Base. I'll be damned. Okay. Yeah. Now, here's the other thing. Have you ever seen the two-seat? I haven't seen it. I mean, I know it exists. I've seen it's pictures. It's at Edwards. Yeah. And I have seen it, and... It's ugly, right? It's kind of pretty. Is it? Yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know why I need a Wizzo, but I kind of want to ride in it. Yeah. So, just I mean, like, literally. Having yeah. that guy talking to me the whole flight, I don't, I, it's <laughs> ugly. Just I don't need some dude to run the radios for us. We're good. <laughs> yeah, I hear you, man. Now, are you guys, a lot of the newer upgraded fighters are flying with the uh, helmet-mounted queuing system. Mm -hmm. Are you guys flying with that now as well? Yeah, ours is. It's different than what, like, the, the Jehemics that the Viper has, okay. or and especially way different than the F-35s. Ours is more like what the Apache guys wear, where it's a monocle over one eye. I'll be damned. Um, okay. So it just drops down. It's called the Scorpion. Um, and then you, you wear that. You can see, you know, it's got colors. It links into our saddle display. So I can see, like, my wingman's symbol over through my eye. I can see his targeting data. Anyone that's on the saddle link, I can link in and see that through the eye. And I can also see my targeting pod, though. So my pod that I have, you know, I have an MFD where I can see that camera. I can slew it with my eyeball so I can look at the ground. If I see a convoy on the ground, I can look at it, slew my targeting pod, hit another button and zap that information to my wingman or anyone else on the link 
and they can all get the coordinates and targeting data for that within 60 seconds. This is not your dad's A10C no. model right no, here. No. That is something it's, else, man. It's a force multiplier for I'll sure. I'll tell you what. I remember when you guys used to carry Mavericks like it was going out of style. You probably oh, still, still carry, carry Mavericks. Mavericks. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So yeah. for those yeah. of you who don't know what Maverick it is, it's a TV-guided weapon. Like You launch it, and it is literally like Ace Combat 4 till it hits the target. Yeah. So and once you shoot one, it's like crack. You just can't wait to get your next hit. You want to shoot another one. <laughs> you want to yeah. shoot it's another awesome. one. <laughs> it's like a freight train coming off the rails. So we all know that the – the yeah. strength of the airplane is, is is the gun, I would take it, or I'd say yeah. the most most uh, uh, powerful part of the uh, – uh, other than the ordnance. But what is its other strengths? Let's take let's take the gun out of the equation. What is your – other than the shooting the gun, because that's every hog driver's yeah. favorite thing to do. What's your favorite thing to do? Well, Mavericks are pretty fun. Yeah. Um, there's also laser-guided rockets now that we have. That's a newer weapon. Laser-guided rockets. I haven't rockets. gotten a firearm. Flip has, right? No? Never mind. Flip okay. hasn't gotten a firearm yet either. Um, but, but they yeah, exist. We have laser guided yeah. rockets. They're awesome. And of course, uh, JDAM is still probably. We got the JDAMs. Yeah. We got LGBs. We have, um, you know, the GBU 54, which is laser guided JDAM. Um, so it's a combination of the both. Uh, pretty much the A the A10 is constantly getting upgraded, even though it's an older airplane. We're still getting upgrades, but they're all weapons related. So a new weapon comes out. We're going to get an upgrade for them to figure out a way for Excellent. the A-10 to drop it and for it to interact with now, our Now, have software. they extended it any further? That is everybody's question is, are they extending it? What are we doing yeah, with it? Yeah, 2030s. 2030s. So with there the you new go, wings guys. on the airplanes. So there you go. So, so if you guys go in to the Air Force now, you will have a chance to fly the A-10 because yeah. it's been upgraded, and everybody wants to fly the A-10 because it's just so fucking cool. Yeah. I mean, so. they, and our, the jets are just great. though. Actually, one of the I just turned in a demo jet, so we have three airplanes that we rotate. We just took one out of demo. Um, the squadron's flying it now for training, but it's going to go get a new spine and new wings. And it's actually the third highest time A-10 in the fleet, as 15,000 hours on it on a fighter platform, which is unheard of. I mean, the the platform is just strong, Holy as, as strong Lord. as you would think it would be. Now, one of the coolest things that that you'll see an A-10 do is on the on the roll. Uh, you'll see that the, the actual, like your spoiler spot. So your ailerons actually are split, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and decelerons technically, right? I think that's the term. Is that what yeah. they're actually called? I learned something yeah. today. We don't call them that, but that, I think that's it. Uh, but when they pop out, your roll rate, what, doubles, correct? It goes from 120 degrees to 200 degrees. Jeez. So close to it, yeah. Pretty close. So, I mean, yeah. if you guys can imagine this, ailerons obviously are what make the airplane roll. The aileron has a top and a bottom segment, and they separate sort of like a – a horizontal speed break and once they separate now they can move as one as a complete aileron unit and the airplane actually rolls better yep. um for 1970s technology that's pretty freaking good um, man yeah there's there's a lot of amazing things that thing did yeah i mean built in the 70s one of the biggest things people talk about the gun so keeping it on target so the jet has a system it's called pack and i actually don't remember what the acronym stands for Precision attitude control. There you go. But anyway, when you pull the trigger, so I roll in, put the put the uh, gun cross on target, pull the trigger halfway, and it locks the aircraft down. So the aircraft is now locked down. You can pull on the stick. It'll move very slightly on that half trigger pull. Then when you go, that's pack one. When you pull the trigger, it goes pack two. So now it locks the jet down. So you actually would have to physically muscle the jet to pull the crosshairs off the target. You oh my have to goodness! Pull real hard, so it locks the and it's, you know, they have a demonstration of it in uh, our maintenance training unit on DM, and you could go up and you touch one aileron, roll, one aileron, and you'll see the other everything else like kick and move, kind of like the fly-by-wire systems to balance that out. 
so it stays exactly locked on where it is. Um, Unbelievable. So that's how the gun is so accurate. The I had no idea it had something it like that. Yeah. And it also it throws <clears throat> the slats out, which the slats aren't, you know, slats like a normal airplane. They don't help us land slow or anything. They're only there to smooth airflow into the engines. Yep. So the slats will pop as the gun's firing because we're the only jet that also has the gun um, in front of the engines. Everyone else, the gun is behind the behind intake. it. Yeah. yeah. So that gun gas is a problem. So the slats will come out, smooth the airflow. The igniters will start firing in the motors, and then the jet will also lock down. And all that's just all I do is pull the trigger, and that's seventy. I had no idea. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Well, th- and there you go. That's that's the kind of stuff we wanted to hear about that airplane. So, you know, Fairchild Republic back in the day, whenever they started, uh, such a great line of, of combat airplanes. Originally starting with the P forty seven, and even going back to the F eighty four. Uh, when you hear about the F-84 in Korea, it had a lot of the same um, analog versions of everything you're talking about. So the straight-wing F-84G, which was actually the export version that we sent to the Italians, actually had a system that locked the airplane when it shot. So that's very really? interesting to I hear. I didn't know that, yeah. It's very interesting to hear that the A-10 now has a Pac-1 and a Pac-2 type thing because mm-hmm. the, the F-84 would actually really quickly, you could muscle it out. It was, it, imagine it like yeah. a, uh, an autopilot, essentially, but you could, you could break it loose. Um, it, would, it would hold the jet down for a second because it had four 50s and later on 20-millimeter cannons in the nose that made the airplane just go erratic. So, yeah, and when you fire the gun, you know our airplanes are, are placarded. The Mustang would lose almost on a on a two second burst, which is more than you're supposed to do on any strafing run, high angle or la- low angle. Um, it would lose about 80 miles an hour, almost 100 miles an hour. Really? And does the A10 do the same? Or uh, no, you don't see it just because uh, I mean it's a heavy airplane, so it is heavy. Yeah, 35,000 pounds in a combat load is about what you're you're going to see 35, 38. Um, but you're in a dive. And you got the throttles up. So typically we have the throttles True. up. So we're, you, we're typically accelerating down final. But in theory, I think the recoil would be enough. to If you were straight and level, left the throttles where they were, it would probably slow it down a little yeah. bit. And but, I, yeah. And, you know, I think but a lot of that, because, I mean, you know, 650s firing on an airplane, that's, uh, we're only, you know, the 51, our, our, our fighting weight was somewhere in the in the eight to 9,000 pound range yeah. thereabouts. And 650s firing on it, man, it slows you down. It really yeah. does. Um, yeah, I know the Corsair is the same way, especially with a fatter wing than, than the 51. It would it would lose more speed over time, but it would gain it back because of the momentum that they would get. Because yeah, exactly. the Corsair is actually placarded for uh, no low-angle strafes for a while. Really? So, yeah, the early Corsairs, I didn't know if you knew that or not, Torque, that the, that the, that the early uh, Corsairs, the FG1Ds and the F4U1s and all that stuff, the low-angle strafes, meaning less than 20 degrees, were placarded because they were losing a lot of speed at the end of the pullout. And yeah, so that was a that was a, a one of the strengths of the Dash Four, and that's why it was such a uh, a versatile aircraft in Korea. Was they they could they could place bombs on target and they could do high angle strafes all day long. So hmm. so, but anyways, that's yeah. that's interesting to hear about that, especially the pack system. That's just that's something cool, man. That it, really is. It was all built around the gun. It's, it's it. Awesome airplane system. built around a gun that's yeah. the size of a Volkswagen Bug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any gun that's the size of a Volkswagen Bug, we're doing something right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other than that, so what's your what's your five year plan, man? You got another year as a demo pilot. Yeah, I'm doing a third year, which is unusual. Right. Um, but you know, I'm happy to do it. It's gonna yeah, be absolutely. an awesome time. Obviously, get to hang out with you guys. So, um, then you know, I'm probably gonna get out of the Air Force. I'll hit my 20 years. Okay. My wife's tired of me dragging her, 
dragging her around the country or internationally. So rightfully uh, so, take her back home. Yeah, move out to Baltimore and see what happens. Hopefully, stay in the air show community if I can. Absolutely, yeah. man. You got to stay in and come back on the podcast. Obviously, that's yeah. why everybody no stays kidding. around here. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's that's cool. And you're gonna do that. And Baltimore's a good good area, and they also have a guard unit there. I know you're you're getting out, but yeah. They um, do have a guard unit. It's still an option. It's still on the table. So yeah. definitely not closing that door yet. Yeah. Um, but we'll see what what the uh, yeah. Good holds. A good yeah. friend of ours, Kimo uh, uh, Zamoli, is a guy that w- that's up there at Baltimore. He used to do a lot of stuff. He was a high time A ten guy. And yeah. um, another thing I want to talk to you about before we before we let you go is the demo jets you brought here to Quad City. They got a lot of markings on the side of them, man. Those are some war weary birds. Like those are those have obviously seen a couple tours. If they that's all from one tour. That's all. Fighting that's ISIS. from one tour. Yeah, okay, yeah. I I, I got to get a photo See, of these things yeah. tomorrow because they're not. take it off at the, the end. The side of the jet is nothing but bombs. Yeah. I mean, it's just uh, so, when I say that, I mean like kill markings. For those of you that are, that are listening here, if you look at like the World War II kill markings, um, a lot of the ground support aircraft like P forty sevens, they actually would put. <clears throat> Close air support missions as a bomb and kills as a flag of an air of an aircraft, right? Both of these hogs have nothing but bombs on the side from like literally the the cockpit section forward to the nose are nothing but little black two or three inch bombs the whole way forward. Well, so it's bombs. There's also the rockets on there yep. from the laser guided rockets. So I think each single rocket represents a pot of rockets. Uh, each bomb is a single bomb. The, there's also tanks on both of these. So both of these killed some ISIS tanks. They would get a hold of some Iraqi ones, and then you'd, you'd be the lucky guy to, to help them get rid of it, right? That's right. Um, help them liquidate it. Yeah. And then it, it has the bullets on there, too. So each bullet, if you look at them, it's, that's the most amazing part. Each bullet represents a full belt of ammunition. Oh, my goodness. So each of these jets has, I mean, I think they each have probably 40 bullets on them. Um, <laughs> so that's that's about yeah forty thousand yeah. rounds. Yeah. Um, through I th- I'm pretty sure the squadron shot about four hundred thousand or five hundred thousand rounds on ISIS. Yeah. That's in that that's one deployment. A lot, so man. that's just one deployment uh, back in 2017. So Were both you guys of these pissed off or back. something? I mean, that's a lot of <laughs> you, you that's a lot of lead and steel on target. Somebody boys. had that's, to take care of ISIS. I'll so, tell you what, man. Yeah. I'm glad somebody did. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's that. Is is there any uh? Real quick, is there any uh, stories about flying the hog that you can share with us that your most memorable flight in the hog, in-country type thing? I know there's a lot of stuff you guys can't talk about, but um, is there um, anything that, that you would like to share as a, as a hog driver or, I mean, something that's special to you? Maybe something as simple as flying a flag. What do, but what, do you have you have anything in particular off the top of your head? Yeah? I'll give it to Flip for this Give it one. to Flip. Yeah. Flip's our safety O. He's also a, he's also a, 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 a Florida boy as well. So, Flip, talk I – mean, Hey, Tell us going, a story, guys? dude. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I got to go on a, my last deployment was to Turkey and uh, we were finding Syria and Iraq. So we were targeting ISIS was making all their money through oil trucks. So we went and we we're targeting their oil trucks so we can destroy their their economy. So we can so they won't be able to, to pay all their fighters and people aren't going to be less motivated without money. So we got the opportunity. They're parked. They had probably five or six hundred oil trucks parked there in the desert. Um, they're just waiting to get oil. So the first thing we did is we uh, we said, hey, we dropped flyers. We said, hey, if you guys are driving these oil trucks, go away from them because we're going to destroy them here shortly, right? So like that was like four we're hours prior. We're giving you the like, chance. Hey guys, we're giving you the warning, right? I still actually have – so they dropped leaflet bombs, which I don't know the last time we did that, but I actually have one of the leaflets. It's pretty cool. Like it says like fire and destruction is coming your way if you guys don't get out of the way pretty much. So, so then we took a four-ship out at night of A-10s. 
loaded up with ordnance, wall-to-wall ordnance pretty much, and we all cleaned off all our jets. So four A-10s, a couple AC-130s, and some strike eagles ended up destroying, I think, 283 trucks that night is what we were credited with in one night. So, yeah. So Guys went to work. Super memorable sortie. Not close air support, which you know is our main thing that we like to do. But But still. Still still a really memorable sortie. Uh, Definitely had some other sorties in Afghanistan. The deployment I was on with Shiv where, you know, like – the weather is there's a solid deck at 2,000 feet AGL, and we're in Afghanistan, so you know that. Uh, so it's you know four or five thousand feet uh, is is MSL is the ground level, but being A10s, we're comfortable dropping low. So uh, my flight leader at that time, I was just a wingman, dropped down below the weather, and it's just a raging troops in contact down there. So the good guys are getting shot at. Uh, normally we can't see during the day; people are shooting, but I looked down because the clouds are so thick, I could actually see the muzzle flashes that people were shooting at the friendlies. So, yeah, that was a uh, just, you know, we rolled in there. We showed up. Uh, just us showing up kind of scares uh, the guys a little bit. So we were able to kind of suppress the fire, uh, put some fires down, and then the next two ship A-10 showed up as well. And then they were able to uh, finish the fight for those guys. So Unbelievable. Two memorable sorties I have as well, you know, in the A-10. Where one was just a, not a fun sortie, but a very rewarding sortie, and one just, you know, doing our primary mission of close air support. Absolutely, so. and you're saving a lot of American lives, especially with the close air support. And you know, I'm yeah. sure all the all the vets listening here, we'd have a lot of a lot of guys that, that were in country, and that they, they really American appreciate lives, you guys being on time on station. Coalition lives, you know, all the guys who are over there supporting uh, the mission in Absolutely. Afghanistan, which is still fighting today, and people don't always realize that. But we got we have planes deployed there still since continuously since 2001. So yeah, you guys are you guys are in the thick of it, man. And yeah. I'll tell you what, you guys are in our thoughts and prayers, and thanks for your service. Really appreciate yeah, it. Thanks, so. for, thanks for everyone's support. We appreciate it. That's yeah. right. Attack. Attack. Yeah. So, but uh, anything else? The other one you guys want to say before we sign off of here? <laughs> no, I got nothing. I mean, uh, obviously, we need to get some pictures. We got maybe some custom paint coming up on uh, one of our airplanes that's out here this weekend soon. Cool. So we'll have to get some pictures with your bird next to it in particular. Absolutely. Are they yeah. getting some stripes? It's getting it's getting a little more in stripes. Nice, yeah. I like it. Yeah, I like it. So we'll oh, we how... talked about this, and yeah, we'll, yeah. yes, and we'll we'll leave that a secret, and we'll let the uh, the uh, social media world uh, follow. If you need to follow them, A10 Demo Team on on Instagram. Yep. A10, A10 Demo Team Demo. Instagram, yeah. Facebook, uh, hit them up. Um, I don't know if you guys do Twitter or not. I'm sure you do. Uh, yeah, but, we do. Yeah, so they do Twitter yeah, and all that thing. stuff. But yeah. I hate to tell you, they link all the things together. So <laughs> just go to Instagram. It's more fun. So yep. uh, need to hit them up. Do it. You guys have, have merch for sale at all the all the shows. Buy all the merch. Um, but yeah, cool. Awesome, man. Shiv, really appreciate us. you having us. I have some mind. You guys have any other questions? You know how to get in touch with us. Airpowerpodcast at gmail And once again, we really thank you all for tuning in. It's another uh, another great episode, another great stories, and just can't say enough to for for Flip and Shiv and Kelly and uh, who's the other guy? So, uh, and, and Torque. Yeah, Torque was here too. So, uh, anyways, as always, thanks for coming on, brother. And uh, and uh, we'll talk to you guys later. See you guys on.